podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Rain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in, oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. I'm Charles Commons and this is Chessy Coleman. Hey. How you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Thank I'm you actually, very much. I will retract that statement. I am marvellous. <laughs> Thought you might be. Uh, yeah, we're recording this on Monday evening after the brilliant win over Gillingham. Honda marvellous. <laughs> and that is where we're going to get your three-word reviews from in a moment. Um, we've got loads to talk about because we're just so happy, I think, is really the the state of play at the moment, wouldn't you say, Jeffy? Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, Three-word reviews then. Uh, Craig says... What a goal. Oh, by the way, I should say that there aren't as many this week as normal. And that's because there's only been like a couple of hours since full time, you know, the game ended. So therefore, not as many people have managed to get theirs in. So I apologise if I've missed them. But just because of the fact that normally we've got like a whole day or so between the full time whistle going for people to get their, their points in their three word reviews in. But anyway. Craig said, what a goal. Uh, Buccello said, tight at top. Simon, massive three points. Idris, let's do this. Frank said, Hondemark is king. John, back on track. Was there some performance that? Mike, have no fear. James said, Sixfields is buzzing. Connor, huge three points. Potsy, great battling performance. Harry, Hondemark, sexy man. Stewie, high blood pressure. Yeah, you and me both. Uh, Chris, what a relief. Jojo said, close season nerves. Jono, in our hands. Tim said, Mark Leonard, outstanding. Mike, uh, we all know which Mike this is. Marching on together. That's right. <laughs> Leeds United fan Mark Fuller there. Not been on for a while. Hi, Mike. Uh, the Autumn Cobbler said, rejoicing in Spain. Uh, and then there's two here, Jeffy, which I really love. Okay. Go for it. So the first one uh, is from Tara. And Tara has simply um, quoted Tim Oglethorpe with a wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, it. to be Absolutely fair, the commentary on it was brilliant, I have to say. <laughs> And then finally, Brian, and this is where we're going to start, right? Brian has gone with one, which is just, I love it. Up the hobblers, says Brian. Very good. Because obviously Northampton Town Football Club sponsored by Casualty at the moment. At the moment, isn't it just? Crikey. I mean, it's, I don't know about you, but before the game, I was feeling, I was feeling quite flat, not, not down, not dejected not negative I was just kind of like oh I I don't know because Friday's game at Newport seemed to be a bit of a a humbling moment we'd kind of gone through the last few weeks haven't we with such a battling display from a group of men that you know essentially are probably out on their feet because they're not being able to get the rest that they necessarily need we've got double figures in the treatment room right now and have done well since pretty much October really haven't we it's been awful and that 3-0 humbling at at Newport made me sort of go oh 
Is that it? Have we kind of reached the peak? Have we got to that point where now we've given as much as we possibly can and, and essentially we've just run out of luck and energy, not will to win or anything like that, but you know, when it just gets to a certain point and you think, oh, is this the moment that essentially we've gone a bit further or we've gone too far, if you like, and it all comes crashing back to earth. So for this game against Gillingham, which was always the game that I was a bit more worried about, if I'm being honest, because Gillingham have been much, much improved since their takeover happened and the January transfer window brought them in quite a number of better players than what they'd had in the first half of the season. I just kind of was worried, I think, that especially after Friday, two defeats in a row would have been really damaging, I think. Yeah. So to pull it out, I, I, I'm ecstatic. I cannot credit these lads enough, I don't think. What a game. It was fantastic. I think, uh, kind of rewinding slightly to, to Friday as well, we were due a loss, um, you know, because that's the way football goes. And unless you're Chris Wilder's 2016 team, you are going to mm. trip up somewhere, right? And it was a matter of time. And I always kind of thought it would probably happen in the next week or so. Obviously, happened to be Newport. And actually, in a weird kind of way, I unusually kind of put it down to right let's just chalk that one off and go again it, it you know that doesn't matter mm. it, it's done and actually sometimes getting it out of your system kind of helps a little bit because I think if we'd have, weirdly as well at Newport it was on a real knife edge so when it was one nil towards kind of 85 90 minutes we could have nicked one and it could have been one one just as easily as it was three nil which to the people not watching it there maybe perhaps that w won't make sense but you had a real feeling in the ground itself that if we, it, we effectively the clock ran us out mm. so we were really putting them under a lot of pressure and we probably could have got a goal at the end and then a, a draw actually I don't know whether that would have done more harm than good in terms of mentality not in terms of points because you know everything counts at this point yeah, yeah. but actually in terms of mentality because we needed to get that out of the way and early as possible. We didn't want to be getting it out of the way against Carlisle if we could help it, if that makes sense. If we'd have gone and drawn Newport and then won today, which would have been great points-wise, but actually then you're thinking, oh God, we better not lose this game. Oh, we can't lose because it's then getting too close to the end. I think if you're going to lose between now and the end of the season, you're better off losing to Newport than you are to Carlisle or Bradford. It's the kind of way I was seeing it. Um, I was glad we got it out of our system. And then I think once we kicked off today it was fairly evident how comfortable we were on the ball that we were going to come away with it. Actually, even when they scored, I still was like, oh, yeah, we'll get something from this because the style of play that we were playing was very, very good, very comfortable on the ball and it just felt like it would come. Now, also as well, Burge never makes mistakes. Um, bless him. And, and you know, it, <laughs> well. <laughs> it was always going to happen, wasn't it? Yeah. Again, another thing that was always going to happen and... Even with that, I still felt like we were going to come away with something, definitely. Very, very quickly on that 
mistake. I, I think we have to say it's more Burge at fault than yeah. anybody else, although there are still plenty of times to clear the ball, I think, and that will be what I imagine John Brady and Colin Calderwood and the rest of the coaching team would concentrate on. And I'm and I'm not really wanting to to think about this too much at all. I think the one thing that I will say is that David Norman being such a new person to the squad, to that back line, will have probably played a part in Burge's decision-making there. That, that, whereas he's had all season to get to know Guthrie, Sherring, who I know isn't fit, even Odomeo in training and, 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 and the like, and Dyche. He's not had that long. So therefore, they're not necessarily on the same wavelength or he doesn't necessarily know exactly what is going to happen. And that goes for both of Norman and Burge. And I think that's probably where... The, the mix-up has come from is more a, a, a non-understanding yet yeah. between the two of them. Um, yeah, let's let's not yeah. dwell on that. I agree there. with That'll you do. completely. It happens. It, yeah, it happens. And hey, we Norman had, had a great game, by the way. Yeah, I was. I yeah, loved it absolutely. Uh, I thought what he what he's great at, which sounds ridiculous, picking a pass to his own player. Finally, hey, look, you know what? It was like having, and I, I was a bit, um, I, I didn't want to say this too, too soon, really, in the game. But I started it and I, you know, watching the game and I'm thinking to myself, hey, Norman looks really composed on the ball. He picks a, my goodness, that pass, the, the, the one that he switched play to Hoskins, David Beckham esque, yeah, it was. Absolutely. It was absolutely. Glorious sublime and right on the money and I was thinking when he hit it because of I'm watching on iFollow and because of where the camera is and and it's not very wide you couldn't see Hoskins at the time and I thought it looked telegraphed didn't it it, it's gone like it's just going straight out yeah Yeah, I was like looks like that's just going to go straight out and then pop Sam (laughs) there he was (laughs) it was it was quite obvious that that was exactly what he was trying to do and the pass was inch perfect Mm. And, the, and Hoskins as well, you know, played his part there. I think Absolutely. I think it was a great debut, and actually, I think it was a very good performance. I mean, Hondemark, oh my gosh, just insane! He just releases the entire midfield. There's something it's about strange him. because there are some games where I just think that he's not anywhere involved whatsoever, and the game's just passing him by. But Gillingham just seemed to let him have the ball Space. and let him do whatever he yeah. wanted with it. And massive mistake from from their point of view, really, with that. And then to not close him down for the goal is criminal, really. Uh, and I bet Neil Harris is fuming about it. But what a hit. I mean, we go back a few weeks ago to Sauby's volley that was, you know, just incredible and, and erupted the crowd and maybe maybe sort of gave us a little bit of a turning point in terms of the fan and the, su- the support level um, that we've got willing this team on to promotion. That today was just one. amazing. It's another one. Yeah, yeah, it's another one. And you look at it and you sort of think to yourself, you know what? Fair play, because there are plenty of times in the past where I've looked at Cobbler's size and gone, I wish they would just try and shoot. Yeah. And here is a lad that has just gone, do you know what? Yes, because I don't think we had that many chances on goal, like actual chances on goal. There was Guthrie's header that was well saved. Louis. Um, There was, yeah, Louis had another effort. A brilliant game from him again. What on earth is going on there? I don't know, but I'm all for it. Hey, I, I, 
he's he is the player I thought he was going to be. Mm. He is. I, when he came in, I was like looking out and I was thinking to myself, here's one for the future. He will grow into this team. And boy, has he done it. He just, he works. He is a proper cobbler's striker. Yeah. He works his socks off up front and he scores goals. I'm going to say it. He's the new Scott McLeish. I think a lot has to be said um, for the work of the development of his ability in front of goal because Rico, whatever Rico's doing and the, the rest of the coaching staff are doing behind the scenes is quite evidently working for him because when he came in, actually on here as well, there were question marks. And mm -hmm. I think actually in the early days, probably justifiable. But actually, at the moment, I would be very concerned if he wasn't starting. Very concerned. He, uh, for me, he's probably yeah. alongside Hoskins. I would, uh, I'd be like, mm, we're going to be in trouble if he's not starting. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that, and that's a complete three sixty. Yeah, I think that the thing that he's added to his game. We talked about this last week, I think, where it's that poacher ability or thinking from him that he seems to have added to his game this season because again it was another poacher's goal from him mm. today so re really when you kind of you look at what he was when he was coming into the side he was you know when he was up in Scotland he was playing on the left um of a three-man front line I think that was where he would have been sort of you know playing had we had the players to do that with him when he first came in um but then obviously the likes of Hoskins and Pinnock being as good as they were like at the end of last season as those two wide men and then he kind of had to go in in the middle if you were going to play him he's had to learn that role I think uh, I still uh, think craft, you look he? at him yeah yeah I think if you still look at him he wants to be on the left and then cutting in and bringing the ball inside but the fact that he's now actually getting himself in those centre-forward positions to score the goals, that is a real... That, it must be, as you say, it must be a thing that Rico's working yeah, on absolutely. with him and, ha and, and has gone down really well. I, w I did want... When you started saying it, Chelsea, I, I wanted to sort of say, wouldn't it be funny if Colin Calderwood was the guy taking the attack and that Rico was the one <laughs> taking the defence? I don't know why it came into Imagine. my head, but I just thought it would be really, really funny if that was the case. So there's a um, there's a quote from uh, Ian, Ian Wright's autobiography that actually says, as a striker, the thing that you should be more concerned about is not when strikers are scoring, it's when they're not scoring. Because if they actually have the confidence to actually have a go, then you know there's something going well for them. And that, I think, is really key for Louis because actually for the last, I'd say, six months, arguably, we've seen a lot of chances for him and not all of them coming off, obviously, because they don't. But now what we're seeing is him having a go, but actually they're not half chances anymore. They're really good chances. And more often than not, he's scoring them, particularly in the last four or five weeks, which I think is key. I mean, that one today... Six months ago, he's not finishing. He's hesitating. Definitely. And today, it was like, I'm not even thinking about this. And same with Will Hondemark. Just absolutely smash it. Hope for the best. Done. Yeah. Liked uh, it. Good style. Absolutely. Strong. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going 
so well. I mean, we were talking, or there was a conversation that we were having on the Slack with our, our patrons before the game. Patreon.com we, forward slash cobblers to me. Well done, Jeffy. There you <laughs> go. Taking on Danny's role quite well there. Well done. Uh, but we were talking about how with Danny Hilton now coming back fit, there were a few people on it saying, you know, how do we get him into the side? Let's go for it. Let's, you know, let's get him. We need him. It could be, um, you know, the end of the season, having that experienced head up front could see us through. And the one thing that a few people were saying was that it's bodies, right? And it's another body back, which is great. And I, yeah, it is good. And I'm not, I'm not having a go or having a pop at Hilton. Look, at the end of the day, I don't think the signing has been what we all wanted it to be. Um, there's still time for him to play a part. My sort of thinking was before the game in this conversation was that it's all well and good Danny Hilton coming back. But at the end of the day, our issues aren't up front. Mm. Our issues are in defence, out wide, and in Which the is you know, defensive on midfield position. On the fact that there isn't any left. No, exactly. Yeah, the fact no is, is that, that that's where we're lacking in Jake terms Sharp. of bodies. Hello, Jake Sharp. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am completely with Neil on this. If he didn't hear, Neil said he would hand his season ticket back in if Jake Sharp appeared on the Cobblers pitch playing in defence for town. I agree. Sorry, to be honest, I could don't uh, get my boots at this point. They're that short. <laughs> and I, I just kind of look at it and go, you know, it's it's all well and good having Hilton back, but it's that defence that worries me. And I don't mean that. I only mean it because of the lack of bodies. That's all it is. And yet you look at how magnificently that they've done today. Okay. There was a, there was a mistake. There was a mistake, a mix up between Norman and Burge, two players not used to each other, not accustomed to playing with each other yet. And there was a mistake. And yes, it cost us a goal, but the resilience of the rest of the, you know, the rest of the 90 minutes of the rest of the squad. You know, when you look at it and you go, and, and we'll talk about this a, a, a little bit more after the break, but when you when you look at the fact that at half time we're instantly making a substitution because of another injury, because of another issue, and yet you're then having to put a central midfielder into the heart of your defence to play centre-back. When well, you've already been way, playing a really right-back well. <laughs> as centre-back for the last few yeah. weeks as well, who's now looks like he's out for the season. It's incredible the way that these players are not only so together and playing you know, so well for each other and for the shirt, for the fans, for the club, but it's the fact that they're doing it really well. Yeah. This isn't just a, you know, this isn't just a side that is getting by. Yeah, this I is agree. a side that is actually playing well and are winning points and winning matches. Newport, as you said, in the bin. I think done. in the bin, done. Move on. It's happened. We can only, you know, go game by game now and really look to sort of try and cement this promotion and. Oh my God, if it happens, when it happens, the celebrations are going to be insane. I would argue strongly that without John Brady, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. I think 
he very much epitomizes Northampton town. And by the way, can I point out, I'm not just saying this because he's come out and done a Kevin Keegan on BBC Northampton. <laughs> I genuinely believe this. Um, look, we, as all fans do and will always do, they'll always be critical, right? And that's part of football. But I, what you can never throw at John Brady, and this is what he said today, really, what you can never throw at him is that he gives everything that he possibly can for the football club and in turn, so do his players. And for me, as a fan, I can't ask any more of that, really. I can be critical if they're not doing things right, but what I can't do is not get behind these these players who are literally putting limbs on the line at the moment for him and for us. And John Brady, for me, has changed this football club in terms of the of fan engagement in terms of the way that we want to be behind these players and that's been really key and whatever happened last year as heartbreaking as it was I think if we were to go up this year a big part of that is what John's been able to do off the back of that last year and that is first of all it was daylight robbery and should never have happened but I think actually in the long term gave us something that we didn't know was in us in terms of a football club. We didn't know that there was this kind of resilience and yes, we might not go up and we might be sat here again, having the same conversation, hopefully with a bit more luck next year um, if we weren't to go up, but actually to have the resilience and the mental capacity, like he's been saying on the radio this afternoon, you know, to have the mental capacity and the resilience to do what they are doing is beyond what they should be doing. Because what they are is just working class blokes, right? They're not on huge wages. You know, they're not playing for these giant checks at the end of the month, like your players for Man City and and whatever other team. They're just not. They're just your average bloke who are, playing decent football at a decent level, but doing it for the shirt, not doing it for the check. And that's so evident in what we're seeing. And John Brady's doing it for the love of the football club as well. He really is. And that's what I love about this period for Northampton Town. And I'm glad that I can can witness it. And I love that he goes full Kevin Keegan. So in one season, he's done Delia Smith and Kevin Keegan. The man is brilliant. (laughs) Uh, We'll talk more about the cobblers and how they're going after this break. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. Uh, Jeffy and I are just adulating about this cobbler's performance um, and, and the togetherness of this squad. Um, Jeffy's already admitted she's doing it because she doesn't want to get on John Brady's bad side. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Can I point um, out, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Can I point out that on the back of today's performance and John Brady's rallying cry. I'm about to do a 700-mile trip at the weekend, so, (laughs) you know. This is the thing, right, is that we're now at this point, aren't we, where we've got, is it five games left of the season, Mm -hmm. I think, and each and every one of them feels like it's going to be a massive six-pointer. I'm saying it because Danny's not here, but I mean... Oh, it's an absolute six-pointer. I'd say it's I mean, the next game, Carlisle, obviously is. I mean, I, I want to actually look at the, the league table now and to sort of just just look at where we are and, and, and how this has come about. So at the start of the day, after Friday's defeat to Newport, we were looking at it and going, oh, 
both Carlisle and Stevenage were were just a point behind us, I think, and it wasn't particularly yay um, territory that we were biting our nails a bit more again. And yet we beat Gillingham and other results seemed to go our way. Carlisle, Stevenage and Leighton Orient, I'm just going to throw them in there, all drew. And so we've ended up cementing our place in second in League Two even further. So we're on 73 points now. Um, and behind us for the first time are Stockport County. Welcome to the top three, Stockport. Yeah, they're the uh, ones nice I'd be most you. worried about. If I'm yeah, yeah, they are now. I mean, this is the thing, right? Is that this has changed, hasn't it? Actually, this is the biggest change that we've seen in a while for the top three, top four, even. Because Stevenage are no longer anywhere near the top four, mm. sorry, top three um, in terms of positions because they're okay, fifth. Yeah. I'm glad you put that caveat in there, Charles, because yeah, you're frightening me with that. No, 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 no. No, I just mean that they're they're not even fourth anymore. They're fifth. They've dropped to fifth. In a, week. fifth. in a week. In a week. In a week. I mean, it. You know, it doesn't tell the whole story. Stockport, Carlisle, Stevenage, all on 70 points, all of them. So it's very close. Um, we're three points ahead of them. We've played the same amount of games as Stockport and Carlisle. I will say Stevenage, Bradford and Leighton Orient all have a game in hand. The one thing I would say game about games play. in hand this point, though, Charles, is you mm. kind of... Oh, yes, okay, you can move with those points if you get them but actually it's not really about what everybody else does the truth is we've got five games if we win five games we're up that's yes. that's it isn't it that's mm-hmm. probably not going to happen in terms of probably not going to win five games but if you win the majority of them you're only going one way really yeah i mean out of those so so i would say if, if we're going to go and look at this now orient are up yeah, yeah yeah definitely okay Sorry, Danny. I Off know you're listening. Go. Danny, Danny, by the way, is in Wales. Uh, he wanted to go to Newport, but he couldn't make it because he was going two days later to the same area of the country. <laughs> no, I don't know either. Yeah, uh, but can but we he, just point out lost. that Northern Wales and Southern Wales, very different in terms of mileage. So um, Stockport, Carlisle, Stevenage, they're the three, aren't they, that you've got to be most concerned about There's i mean i've not been looking at stockports yeah. basically and uh, one is more it, at the moment and this is at the moment we are the more likely so if you would actually maybe argue one is near enough there and there's th- two teams three teams going for one spot but actually mm. that could change on a day because of the fixtures so if if we were not to win and Carlisle were to, it flips on its head all over again. Do you want, do you want to hear something interesting about Carlisle? Mm, don't scare me. I'm not scaring you. So we're, we're playing Carlisle on Saturday, okay? Then the next game that Carlisle have is on when we're playing Sutton mm-hmm. on the 18th, Tuesday night. Carlisle welcomes Stockport. Oh, God. Carlisle have got two six-pointers in a row. And then, and then, the next game is their derby game against Barrow. Well, but the less said about that, the better. And then, after that, they've got Salford at home. God. Well, we to be honest, our running's not friendly either because we've got Carlisle and Bradford and Tramme. 
Uh, tra- mm, I'm a bit worried tranmere. about that. Tranmere. I'm worried about everything. I'm not worried really. about tranmere. I, I basically I'm, yeah, got, I'm not I'm worried. traumatized from last year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not worried in the same way as I am, and you know, you are about Bradford, for example. That's a difficult game. Oh, they're yeah, all I'm not difficult. saying that Tramer isn't. Yeah, difficult. I'm not saying Tramer isn't. But I look at Bradford, and they're they're one. That game is. We need the clappers more... <gasps> for that six fields. We need the clappers Absolutely. for that. I'll bring my clappers. I've probably got about five thousand. <laughs> Let's be honest. But yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm looking at this, and and it's great. I think that you know we've now got got to this point where it is all in our hands you know Stockport have got to play Gillingham away then Carlisle as I said then they're playing Rochdale Leighton Orient away mm-hmm. and then Hartlepool at home so Stockport have got a huge say in not only this promotion race but also in the battle for relegation or to avoid relegation from League 2 playing both Hartlepool and Rochdale I mean Hartlepool I would not bet against them at the moment no, they're I, pulling I results they from nowhere. Be, yeah, but I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm going compare the run-ins and on paper, on paper alone, I actually think ours is m- more favourable. Although I've just pulled Stevenage's up, they've got an extra game. Remember, so they've got Wimbledon at home, Doncaster at home, Mansfield away, Swindon away. Grimsby at home and Barrow at home uh, away. Sorry, on the last day of the season. I mean, we all know what happens at Barrow on the last day of the season. So, good luck, Stevenage. Um, they've probably got the more favourable running on paper, but we all know, don't we, Jeffy? That on paper means nothing. Nothing. All you have to do is go and win your games. And actually, that's far easier than overanalyzing it. We can sit here and be mathematicians all we like, but actually, you win all of those games or simply you don't lose the games that you don't win, if that makes sense. Then yeah. mm-hmm. you are <laughs> you are there or thereabouts, I think. And mm. actually, we're, we're quite unlucky, I think, with the points ratio that is needed because people have gone up on far less points than what I think we're going to need. I think we're going to need 85. Right. Okay. That's what I think. Sean thinks 83. Now, Sean gets everything right, which is quite (laughs) frustrating. Okay. But I I think that's quite high. And that's Mm. my concern because we've got, we have got a very weak squad, not because it's weak, but just because it's weakened. And they're very fragile. They're like China dolls, aren't they? <laughs> they're just falling over on their right and centre. Any anytime yeah. anyone falls over, yeah. I'm just like, oh, not again. And I just think yeah. we just I kind of think in a in a weird old way that sheer momentum and sheer determination might drag us over this line if we were to do it. I, I don't know whether you can really even put it on I don't know yet because we haven't seen it, but we might not even be able to put it on performance. It might just be sheer sheer determination. If we play the next five games like we played against Orient that day, then you know you can't ask any more, really. I'm uh, I'm looking at the moment, Jeffy, because uh, one of our patrons, Ash Cobb, has been updating a. a this is like the um, his table of the last decade. So he's got the last ten League Two series seasons. Sorry. Um, mapped out first down to seventh and 
he's basically put this up because he wanted to show exactly what you're trying to work out, how many points you would need to get promotion based on what has happened for the last 10 years. And I think originally we worked out that in order to, based on the last 10 years, in order to cast gap iron guarantee that you would get promoted, the minimum number of points that you would actually need to get would be 86. Mm. So teams have gone up on, um, you know, 85 points in third before, um, but this is 2015-16. Well, um, we just the year that we won. Yeah. Yeah, where we so got 99 points. So one spot was points. gone, you know? Yeah, the second... I can't remember. Was it Oxford in second? They they finished with eighty six points. They were obviously the second then, best team. Clearly, whoever was in third got eighty five. But was, so did the team. Was it Leighton Orient fourth. in the end? I can't remember. And then they got relegated um, back down. I can't remember. Uh, and it was so it was eight, 85 points was third and fourth place. So therefore, looking at that, we definitely need eighty six. We are currently on seventy three. So we, we are wins. still, yeah, we are still, like, j- obviously this is just basing it on the last 10 years. It may not be a case that actually we need that many points because it obviously all depends on, we, we essentially just need one more point than whoever finishes in fourth. Yeah, that's how maths works. Thank you. Yeah. And we'll get promoted. And it could well be that, you know, I mean, right now, for instance, if Stockport Carlisle Stevenage all lost their next five games or their last I'll six get my games, holy whatever water. it is that they've got. Um, then, and, and and none of the other teams were able to, you know, catch them. Then we're already got up mm. if that was to happen, which of course it wouldn't. Um, but I do find it, I find it interesting because I've not wanted to look at the league table, not properly. I, I genuinely, uh, my, genuinely, one of my favourite times as a footballer, but also one of the times... As a footballer? Oh, no, well done. Sorry, Where did you fo- get signed? No, terrible. <laughs> Let's start that bit again, Charles. One of my favourite times as a football fan is this time of the year, but it also fills me with crippling anxiety wherever we are, because invariably we're either fighting for our lives or we're like tinkering with the playoffs or, or above, and I just can't bear it. It's horrendous. But the one thing that... <laughs> has changed me is last year's experience and I simply Mm. shall not believe that we're up until the final whistle goes on the final day and we're up like there is no other circumstances to I'm not even analyzing I can't bear to look at it I literally can't so for me it will be when everyone starts singing and dancing and has like an inflatable crocodile or something like before like that's the only way that I will fully come to terms (laughs) with the fact that we're up and, and that will have to be because I can't I can't bear it and I'm can guarantee I'm not the only one in this mm. position and and it is genuinely one of my favorite times normally to like analyze where everyone is do the maths with it we need this many goals I can't do that after last year because it, it was just too ag- too much like agony and I got so much Fair jip enough. for it being down here and it's just no well in that case we'll stop doing it I, I want to ask you another can't question bear it. I want to ask you about <sighs> One of the things that we saw, I mean, you've already mentioned it in fairness, but one of the things that we saw happen as we were watching the game was John Brady got quite animated. Go on, Brady. Um, it was at a point where I, I think, I think it was... Um, Look back to Burge. 
Yeah, I, I, I was trying to work out and remember who it was that passed the ball back. And it doesn't it's irrelevant. The, the ball went back to Lee Burge. Yep. And I couldn't hear them because they didn't show up on, on, on iFollow this. But what I did see was John Brady turn around to the crowd. And Good for him. quite clearly have a bit of a pop. I think he's um, got a uh, a full on right to do that. By the way, okay. Um, I for me generally, I don't really like to see it when it's not him. If that makes sense, but mm. I think it's different with Brady because Brady has always and always will, and the the one of the best qualities about him is he's always wear his heart on his sleeve, and he's effectively a fan within the management isn't he you know and that's a compliment from me is that he he is one of us he thinks like us and he feels the way that we feel and and for you know it's normally I would say under normal circumstances it drives a bit of a wedge between fans and the manager but I don't think in his case it does because I think that there is that crossover between the fact that he's been so kind of ingrained within the club for so many years in what he does and he's earned that respect and therefore earned that right to be on that level with the fans and say, hang on a minute, that's not right. Because can I point out, he was completely right. There was absolutely no need for that reaction because that's one of the first times that had happened in the game. We weren't doing it all game. We were playing some really good front foot football, really well-controlled possession football. We very rarely gave the ball away. And if you compare that to the performance against uh, Newport, where it, it wasn't all there, huge difference. And for them to turn around and, and whinge at that, I was cross as well. So he was well within his right at being cross. And that's what I love about him. I don't, I don't want that to change. Because he needed to say that because it was wrong. You know, they're not think, the manager and they're not the players. It's very easy to say you shouldn't be doing that. But to moan when it's happened once in a game, all right, it might not be once, it might be a few more times, but they've not done it all afternoon. If it was negative, boring football and we were 1-0 down and we were just not doing anything with the ball, fine. But he was totally in his right to say, hang on a minute, come on. What yeah, are you doing? I, 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 I do think that, I think some fans, they, all they want to ever see is attack, attack, attack. Yeah, it's not, it's not realistic. They're not Premier League players, are they? Well, it, it, <laughs> even if they were Premier League players, Premier League players don't attack, attack, attack. No. It, it, football is not played that way. No. This is the thing. And I think there is some sort of weird misunderstanding for some people. Um, and... I think we're all guilty of it at times where you watch a game and you don't really get necessarily what's happening. And I think sometimes that's the job of uh, a commentator or an analyst or, you know, whatever you want to call them. If you're watching on the TV, that's often what their job is, is to try and explain. That's why, you know, ex-players are the people that tend to go and get the jobs working as co-commentators, etc., or pundits, because they've been there and they understand the game. And, and, and to be fair, they probably understand the game better than the majority of fans. Um, because the majority of fans are people like me and you who don't even play Sunday League. 
No, I you can't know, play The last football. time we kicked <laughs> a ball a was probably, you know, in anger was probably at school um, or at university or college or whatever. And therefore, our understanding of the game isn't what, you know, a manager, coach, player um, has. The one thing that I would say is that when, when <laughs> one of the things that I do think is that when we go backwards this season, we then go forwards. It is Shock. always, yeah, it is always. <laughs> or you can see it though. I think my point here is, is that you can actually see it. In yeah. previous years, it has just been well. If Aimless. we're passing it back to the keeper, then then essentially it's just going long. We've got now. The- there are going to be times when you do have to do that, and you're doing it to clear the ball and to get rid of it. But the majority of the times this season, the way that John Brady wants us to play and has got us playing is to, if we end up going backwards to the keeper, we're involving the goalkeeper, whether it be Burge or King or Max Head or whoever else has played in goal for us this season. It's to involve them and to spread the play and to restart you know, the, the move, essentially. The reality and we is, go Charles, again each time. we have the two best keepers in the league with maybe, maybe the exception of Vigaru at Orient, I would say, in amongst... A lot of love for Harry Lewis, apparently, as well, at Bradford. I'm just saying. Maybe, but I would I'd, say I'm the just saying that three... Bird, neither Burge or, um, or, or King have been mentioned by certain... Yes, but the tie would say the top three keepers are Vigaru, Burge, King, and potentially, bit left field, potentially, um, what's his face the other day, the young lad? What's his face the other day, (laughs) the young lad? Brilliant Uh, kid, played for crew, kept them in it. Oh, yes. Brilliant. Beadle, that's him. Beadle, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. I would say arguably the keepers, I've seen a lot of them, a lot of terrible ones, um, I would say in in the league, there's there's a the two best I think are ours, and maybe followed by Vigaru. And I would say that Beadle's up there. Um, I've seen quite a few of them, so I would say that that's probably a fair assessment. Um, could be wrong, but my opinion. So correct me if you'd like to, but that's what I f- feel. And so we've got, you know, we're well within our right now. We've had keepers in the past that I wouldn't feel comfortable us playing back to them because I don't feel we'd be convincing enough. Now, that's not not just one keeper in the past. There's several in, in the last few years where I've felt like we've not quite had enough of a handle. But Lee Burge and Tom King have shown more than enough times that they are more than capable of dealing with that situation. And also, it's also not always negative. So, you know, just let him be. Yeah. John Brady had a great point, and I agree with him. And on top of that, what he said on the radio, saying, you know, if you're not going to get behind them, then then I don't want you. Good on you, John. Good on you. Because actually, what you need right now, you can be critical all you like as a, as a Cobblers fan. We can do that. But what you need right now in the last five games is you just go all in, complete support, absolutely get behind everything you possibly can because at this this point it doesn't matter you just got to go out there and get points so if you're going to be critical in the last five games then he's absolutely right off you go but get behind him just get behind him he's completely right 
He's completely. We've got right. to get. We've got to get behind them. Yeah. I think. I think the vast majority yeah. are, and I think even those that had a little moan when the ball went back. It, I don't think it is necessarily. I, I, I don't think that they they're, they're not behind the team. No, I agree. I, I think it's just a bit Emotion. of frustration that you know Emotion. we went forward rather. Or we weren't I, going do you know, forward. Charles, Whatever it was, do you know what it know, is but, as well? A lot of it. A lot of it, and. It's still from last year because actually at this point last year, we thought, oh, yeah, we'll probably do this. And we were quite confident. We were thinking, yeah, this is going to be all right. This year, we're like, oh, I don't think we're going to do it. And even now with five games to go where we're in the running and we're well in the running, none of us can believe it. So it's almost like that fear of wanting to feel like we're doing it. And that that's a, something that we've got. So again, yeah. if we go up, after all of this, John Brady, I mean, he needs to be knighted, really, doesn't he? Let's be honest. The mayor of <laughs> Northampton job. will make Brilliant. him. On that note, we'll take another break. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. It's time for the post bag. To the post, to the post, get your comments and thoughts to the post. We're ready and willing to read out your scribbling, so get them all into the post, to the post, to the post. Get your comments and thoughts to the post, put pen to the paper, do it sooner, not later, and get it all into the post. Get it in. Yes, it's postbag time. If you've got an opinion or a view or they're the same thing, but a question for us, then just pop it on an email to podcast at cobblers2me.com or you can find us on Twitter. We're at cobblers2me there. Um, we've got one and one question only for you uh, this week, dear listener. It is from our dear friend, Malcolm. Who Malcolm. says, dear Neil, is Danny's title train now a slightly delayed due, due to sheep? Oh, I can't say it. A slightly delayed due to sheep on the line, but should arrive more or less on time. B subject to delay due to staff illness slash injury. C cancelled altogether. Please see edcfc slash delayrepay.com for a full <laughs> refund. Next stop, Rock Ferry from Prenton Park. All the best, Malcolm. Malcolm, um, I'll see you on the M5 somewhere, <laughs> I suspect, on the way at like four o'clock on Saturday. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, the, Malcolm's asking about Danny's title train. Obviously, Danny's not here now, which is uh, a disappointment that we can't ask him. But uh, we're, uh, we're not bothered about the title, are we? So in, I hate to use him as an example, but I have to because he's always right. My father has been supporting the Cobblers for 60 years. The man is never wrong, ever, about the cobblers, never. And he said to me the other day, he doesn't care about Orient. All you've got to do is get promoted. And he is 100% right. Who cares? I don't care. All I care about is whether we're in League One next year or not. And that it has to be that way. Your priority, your number one priority is to get promoted. It doesn't matter. No one mm. is going to remember who won what. It's just as simple as getting up now orient have done an absolutely fantastic job so that's the caveat before this statement comes out of my mouth um when we were under chris wilder and we blew teams away and we absolutely effectively walked the ball into the net 
on so many occasions. It would have been an absolute crime if anybody else would have taken that league away from us, right? I don't think Orient, we know they're not in that league and they won't be. That's just, it doesn't happen in football very often. But it really doesn't matter who goes up in what order as long as you get over that line. And again, same thing as earlier, because of what happened last year, no one cares. All we care about is whether we go up. Yeah. I don't care. I couldn't care less. <laughs> I'm with you there. I mean, don't get me wrong. We always want, don't we, to win the league. That is what we always want as football fans. At the start of every season, that's what your hope is. But if you can't win the league, then the next best thing is to get promotion, isn't it? And it doesn't really matter how that happens. But this season, I want it to be as comfortable as it can possibly be. For me, the one wish that I have, right, is that we are not still in with a chance of not getting promoted on the last day of the season. Me too. I'd say there's one thing better about just getting promoted. It's getting promoted on the last day and watching Bristol Rovers get relegated on goal difference. That's really (laughs) quite special. I imagine it will be, or would be. Will be, not would be, yeah. will be. And yeah, I mean, look, that that's the one thing. I would like it wrapped up before we play In cotton ball on crutches. I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I am, if I'm being 100% honest, I, I would love it just to happen for two reasons, to be fair. First of all, so it isn't like last day of the season nerves and we can just go and have a celebration. It doesn't matter whether we win, lose or draw that game. And Matt, remember Portsmouth? Yes. In 2015, it didn't matter. Terrible. I, mean, I know we won the game, but no one gave a crap about the <laughs> Lots of inflatables. Match. No it one cared. It was brilliant. It was such a great day. And we 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 could have lost that game 3 0, and I don't think it would have mattered. Do you remember Exeter whatsoever. when John Joe went missing? No. And Kelvin had to, Do you not remember when Kelvin Thomas had to like rescue him? Do you not remember this? Oh, you mean after the playoffs? Uh, no, no, no. No, John oh, Joe in 2016. So, no, so everyone was having this. a lovely time with lots of inflatables. Oh, on the pitch. And, and... nobody could locate John yes, Joe at all. And Kelvin yeah. Thomas had to actually come out into the crowd and be like an usher for John Joe at all <laughs> just to get him to safety. That was great. Yeah, then. that was great. But I'd, I'd love to see it. Like, if we could guarantee the promotion against Bradford doesn't matter how we do it it would just need to be that day if it's guaranteed at that point I would be over the moon with it yeah me too because it would mean that we could just go to Tranmere on the last day and just have a a celebration of achieving the promotion I mean look I don't I don't think it will happen necessarily I can see this going down to the wire but I'm not sure that any of our collective hearts would take it again this year. I'm not going to say it, but I'd be I, I just pieces. don't think we could. I yeah, would be. I'm, I'd be on the floor a mess somewhere, just crying yeah. in the corner. It would be, yeah. So if we can sum it up, please, Cobblers, before, uh, you know. If we could do it against day, Harrogate, that'd be great. Grateful. Hey, the earlier we do it, the better. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how possible it would be to do it by Harrogate. Well, weird things have happened, Charles. Weird things have happened. You are right. People but, have yeah. walked on the moon. <laughs> Apparently, that's a weird thing. Okay, fair well, enough. Well, it's not normal, is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> oh dear, brilliant. Um, right. Um, let's just quickly mention NTFC women. Um, thank you, by the way, Malcolm. Delightful question. Um, NTFC women they lost two one to Lincoln City uh, away on narrowly Sunday. as well. Narrow mm. two one defeat. Yeah, they're now fourth in the division. That blue lot of leapfrogged them into third. And up next, um, we, they go away to Stourbridge. And Stourbridge could win the league with, well, I don't think it really matters what their result is. If Doncaster lose, then Stourbridge will be named champions. I really don't want that to happen against us. I know Stourbridge are going to win the league, right? And they deservedly do. But I don't really want them to do it against us. I just don't. I, if we beat them and they still win the league, fine. I've got no issue with There's that. A bit but like, as long as we've beaten like when, them. When QPR saved themselves on the last day whilst Man City won the league. Complete baptism of fire, but works. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, um, that's Stourbridge away that's this coming Sunday. That's going to be really Sunday. tough as well. Tough really game. Tough. But you know what? I, I, I firmly believe that the girls can, can rise to the occasion. They've got to believe in themselves in the same way that the men are currently believing in themselves. And I'm They've sure got nothing to lose by it, have they? Absolutely the, with the way not. that we we were just a few months ago, really, we've we've really turned a big corner. And I think Absolutely. just being able to compete and compete well against a side mm-hmm. like Stourbridge is testament to the development that we've had over the few few months or so. And just keep doing what they're doing. And actually, you know, if they lose to Stourbridge, they lose to Stourbridge. They're going to win the league. So yeah. if you're, gonna, you're not, it does, it's not really a measure of how good you are if you lose to the team that are going to run away with the league anyway. So true. Let it be. So there you go. If you can get there and support the team, um, all the details will be on uh, Twitter at NTFC Women is the page that you will need. Right, Jeffy, that's it for this week. It is. Danny's we not just, here. We just. So. There's no game. We just need to also wish the West Stand person well. Whoever you are, we hope you're okay. Um, and thoughts are with you. Absolutely, yes. Um, so that's it for this week. Uh, next from us, uh, I'll be speaking to a Carlisle fan ahead of Saturday's big, big game. And I'll Ooh. be waking up at like three o'clock in the morning on Saturday to drive all the way up there, courtesy yeah. Yeah. of us winning today. Absolutely. It's going to be a big one. Um, Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we can come away with another big three points. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you then. Goodbye. There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The coppers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. Podcast Network.